Hello and welcome to Same Boat Huddle, the podcast. My name is Erin Miller of Erin Joyce Co. And we are on episode 88 today. Uh, and I, I kind of want to talk to you about something that feels a little uncomfortable because that's what I always do. <laughs> when do I not say that? Uh, and try and keep it maybe a little quicker today because next week I have another amazing interview for you and the interviews always run a little long and if you're anything like me it's really great to have some quick episodes to listen to like when you're brushing your teeth in the morning or a quick commute somewhere or folding the clothes or whatever it is so uh, I really want to talk with you about a relationship I used to be in and uh, it was really unhealthy um it may have even been considered abusive and uh yeah, so I want to talk about that. So I was in this relationship and, you know, I was someone in that relationship who I constantly showed up in honesty. You know, I showed up with full integrity. I always was consistent in who I was. And um, the other person in the relationship was so mean. You know, like one, one of the biggest things is that no matter how I showed up, they would say I wasn't enough. Uh, Or I would show up the same way all the time and I would get yelled at and say that, again, that I wasn't enough and I wasn't doing enough and almost presented in a way that like I was attacking them all the time. And it was so hard because I didn't know what else to do. Like the other person wasn't giving me anything to explain like this is what I need from you or to communicate with me, to explain why they were feeling that way or like how we could work differently in our relationship together. And quite frankly, I don't think there was anything else I could do differently because how else can, if you're not, if you're showing up authentically, honestly, and full integrity and with love and consistency, what else can you do in that relationship but that? Like if you did anything else, it would fall out of integrity or you'd be like putting on a facade or not being fully who you are. So I didn't know what else to do. And this person wasn't giving me anything to work off of. All they would do would they'd essentially fall apart and blame everything on me everything you know like if they had a bad day it was my fault if they didn't get something done it was my fault if uh you know if they missed out on an opportunity it was my fault and it just became so abusive that it became a relationship that I no longer wanted to be a part of and this relationship was with time and what I just explained was not me, it was time. And the abuser was me. And I think so many of us do this, that time is, here's the thing, in life, we are in relationships with everything, with people, with our environments, with our career, with money, with ourselves, with our children, with our friends. Like there isn't anything in our life in which we don't have a relationship. We have relationships with our plants. As I'm looking at my poor little succulent who uh, is not so succulent anymore. (laughs) And that's a relationship. I neglected that succulent because I put it in a place that I'm not usually at and I forgot to water it a whole lot of times. And when you don't show up in a relationship, the relationship dies. Like you literally are in a relationship with everything and you have full control 
and how you choose to show up in those relationships. If that succulent was important enough to me, I would have made notes or alerts in my in my phone or or been intentional about making sure I got up here to this poor little plant to water it enough, right? But clearly that plant wasn't important enough to me. It wasn't a priority. And with time, what I think that we've created in our culture, really in our society, is this idea that there just isn't enough and it's time's fault, not ours. You know, we're we're constantly saying, I didn't have enough time. There's not enough time in the day. I need a, you know, I'll sleep when I die because there's not enough time. And you know, feeling angry that um, another six months has gone by and this still hasn't changed and another year has gone by and you missed out on taking another family vacation because there's just not enough time. And that that's an unhealthy relationship. Like I just explained, like what I just opened up with is not an exaggeration. That is the relationship we're in with time. And who wants to be in a relationship who's treated that way. Now, time's never going to not be there. That's the thing. Like, you know, time isn't going to die like our plants. You know, um, our if you're in a romantic relationship and you treat someone like that, they're going to leave the relationship eventually. Or, you know, if you have a relationship like that with your children, you're going to have probably an unhealthy, strained relationship with your child. Time isn't, time's always going to stand there for us. And how loyal is that? That we, it is is this, and I think that's part of thinking out loud right now. I think that's part of the problem that we always assume it's going to be there because essentially it is. And we could certainly spiral into the rabbit hole of tomorrow is not guaranteed. And that needs to be part of the discussion of we don't know our the extent of our life. We don't know when we're meant to go. We don't know our fate. We don't know our destiny. So you can always live under the assumption that time will be there in the sense of I can do it tomorrow, I can do it next year. But truly, and and I think it hits home a lot when tragedies happen, whether it's in our small circle or on a bigger scale, like when uh, the celebrity Kobe Bryant and his daughter were just killed, um, that really kind of hits home for a lot of people of realizing like, oh my gosh, we only have today. And I think that is, I live my life that way. I really sit and think like, what is the most important thing for me to do right now? And while um, it has really taken me away, uh, it's just changed how I show up in my day. And I no longer am obsessed with my to-do list. It feels really good, of course, to get things done, but I don't attach my worth to that. Um, And I don't get mad at time if I have something that constantly moves on my to-do list to the next week, to the next week, to the next week. Um, And that's all about learning how to prioritize and how to manage your energy and your time. So there, I just went down the rabbit hole. Um, But my point is that time really is very loyal, that it is always there. It's never going to go away. There is always going to be 24 hours in a day. There always is going to be seven days a week. We're always going to have 365 days in a year. And I think we really take that for granted. And that is where we find ourselves in this space of then becoming angry with time or finding an an excuse. I can't talk today. I actually just said that in my IG stories. This will be a fun podcast episode (laughs) that we we are constantly finding an excuse to say, I'll do it later. Uh, You know, I'll read that book later. I will listen to that podcast later. I will go to church another time. I'll do it next week. I will, um, you know, I'll start my diet tomorrow. I don't believe in diets, but 
Um, you know, I'll start my healthy lifestyle tomorrow. I'll start working out tomorrow. I'll wait until the spring. Um, you know, we're constantly like scapegoating time, essentially. And then what happens? We get to spring, we don't work out, and then we get angry at time. Like there's not enough time. I'm so angry at you. And it's so important to really restructure your relationship with time and be grateful for it. And what I have found in my my journey in personal development and becoming more spiritual and all of that is, and I talk about this all the time, that having a gratitude practice is easily the best ticket to live a better life. Like if you're going to do nothing else, like if you're not going to do a morning routine, an evening routine, if you're not going to work out, if you're not going to eat healthy, if you're not going to sleep, I don't know, sleep and gratitude might be neck and neck because without sleep, all things are bad. But gratitude truly rewires your brain. And it's so easy to do. And it's like, you don't, you can do it any way you want to. Like, is it good to write things down? Yes. To have a practice of sitting down at the end of the day or in the morning and writing it down or putting it in a notepad on your phone in an app or whatever. But at, at the very least, to take time throughout the day to notice something that makes you feel good and that you feel grateful to have done or seen. Something is silly. Like the other day, I was driving home from dropping my kids off at school. I stopped at a stop sign and (laughs) there was this dog um, adjacent, like on the corner across the street that was running so happily through the, um, the, the beds, the garden beds in the front of the house. (laughs) I mean, you could see the smile of this dog and it's almost like he created his own obstacle course of like front porch through this bed, around this tree, through this bed. And he just kept going in these circles and I stopped and just, you know, there's no one around. So I wasn't holding up traffic. And I just watched this dog thinking like that. It's so cute and it makes me feel so good to just sit here and watch this dog in complete joy right now. And it was just like a split second of my day, but allowing myself to have that mindfulness and that moment of gratitude really lifts your spirits. It allows you to feel more joy. It uh, rewires your brain to be happy. And the more you do it, the more you see things like that, the more you feel things like that, the more you stop and you're no longer in this space, like I find that from doing that, I have moved away from that space of constantly feeling rushed and against the clock. That is how I lived my life. That it, I, I would seriously hear the flight of the bumblebee in my mind. Like you wake up and you hit the ground running and you don't stop until you get back to bed. And it's not that you're not going to have a day like that here and here and there. Like it happens, of course. But I have found that there is I have a choice of how I want to show up in my relationship with time. And I have realized that if I take those moments in the day, it's not taking away from my productivity. It's also really important to recognize that your to-do list, like I just mentioned earlier, is not your worth. Your worth is not in check marks off a list. That does not make you who you are. I guarantee you, go out on a limb here, that when you're laying on your deathbed, you're not going to lay there and be like, oh, I'm so proud of myself for getting all this, this stuff done, that I got to check off everything off the box. I guarantee you, you're not. You're going to lay there and be like, gosh, I wish I did stop to smell the roses. And for me, photography has really been a huge part of that. 
uh, and learning to stop. And it's why I love to do a picture a day in a year. So it's called a Project 365, where you stop and take a picture each day. And um, this has truly helped me stop to smell the roses because I'm constantly stopping to look at light, to look at a moment that's happening, to look at my house differently, to think about how maybe I want to portray myself in an image and how I could set that up. And um, taking that time has allowed me to be present in time. And even though I'm stopping more, I'm stopping to watch the dog happily run around in its yard, I'm stopping to watch my kids play, I'm stopping to do a puzzle with my kids or do Legos or make cookies after school because that's what they asked to do. It's almost a fun game to see like huh let's see if I get less done if I stop to do this with my kids and I'm blown away every time when I realize it doesn't actually take time away to give time and it's because I think we have this warped perception of time which is going to lead me into explaining chronos time and kairos time because I think it's really important we mentioned it in the last episode in my interview with Dorit um in understanding time and I think uh this can really help shape your perspective and how you choose to show up and in your relationship with time that chronos so chronos and kairos comes from um Greek and the chronos time is what we are all very familiar with which is the chronological time it is um you know it takes an hour to do this I drop my kids off at school at this time I pick them up at this time I have this many hours to get this much done and it's how our society really functions it's like that up against the clock only 24 hours in a day all of that kairos time is truly how we experience time and it's really fascinating to me because um it almost makes me believe that there there is there's a power out there bigger than us to be able to truly experience time differently. So I, I, for any women who took the gestational diabetes test, when you have to drink the sugar, uh, the first one is an hour, and then if you fail it, you have to do a longer one. But that one hour is um, a really, really long hour to sit there with a ton of sugar in your body and not be able to go anywhere and be sitting still, right? But then think about one of the hours, like if you're someone who has children in school, you know that the school day flies by. (laughs) So one hour in a school day flies by. They're both, both experiences are 60 minutes long. They're the same amount of chronological time but you experience it very differently. Or um, how about if you're running late to get somewhere and you get stuck behind a train? Even though, you know, you tell the story and you're like, that train was going for 30 minutes, but really it was probably three. (laughs) And it feels so long because you're rushing to get somewhere and you need to get to where you're going. So time kind of stands still because of that, that way you're experiencing time in that moment. Whereas um, three minutes uh, doing something you really enjoy, like sitting down to watch a movie with your family, three minutes is going to feel like three seconds. So that is the difference between Kronos and Kairos time. And I think that really um, putting more value within the Kairos time is really, really important because this is how we experience our life. 
that we're putting way too much weight and value on top of that chronos time that it's important like you need to and every culture is different but you know it's important to be on time to to know what day you have this or you have this appointment or you know I, I can't not show up to a wedding and be like oh I was in Cairo's time and I had no idea you know you have to know what day it is, what time it is, and, you know, drop your kids off on time to school and pick them up on time, be at the bus stop to, uh, you know, nurse your baby on time uh, or give them their bottle or feed them or put them down for a nap, things like that. But really allow yourself to put more value and trust in that Kairos time to live your life with full joy, full intention, and full mindfulness. So to change your relationship with time, if your relationship with time feels like the relationship I described when I opened up this episode, I want you to think about how can I change my relationship with time. And what I want you to do is begin having a gratitude practice and and essentially stop and smell the roses. Have that mindfulness and take that time to really appreciate and find that joy like that feeling that you get in your chest like like butterflies in your chest when you hear your kids laughing or you hear your baby laughing or uh you know one of your children hugs you or your husband stops to give you a hug in the middle of the kitchen or um oh or the morning when no one's awake yet and the house is silent like oh that's one of my favorite things and just to really sit and take a moment to relish that or to pull over to look at the rainbow in the sky or to appreciate how blue the sky looks or to see the raindrops falling on the windshield and how they're falling like just take a minute here and there throughout the day to just see and feel your life and the experience of it Uh, and move yourself away from that abusive relationship you have with time with that chronos time of uh, rushing and pushing and forcing and doing and going and not breathing and I think that's one of the best things there are so many things you can do to change your relationship with time but I think I'm gonna just leave it at that that one thing is to find gratitude and find mindfulness a few times throughout the day and then start to play that game if you want to take it to step two play that game to see What would happen if I made cookies with my kids after school instead of doing the laundry? Let's see how that feels. Because I'm going to tell you right now, while I know I'm I'm a self-declared type A, I think former, really, because I've I've learned to release some of that control. Um, so I under but I understand how it feels to want to do all of the things on the to-do list and that your feeling of pride and accomplishment at the end of the day comes from that. But what I've learned is that it's very fleeting and then I go to sleep and wake up and I'm at square one again, right? It's like this constant hamster wheel. And what I have found is I can get off the hamster wheel and attach my pride and accomplishment to something different. And I have found that, you know, laundry, while we don't, you know, it's not about letting things snowball and not having clean clothes at all for your family or yourself or whatever, but it's realizing that if I do the laundry tomorrow instead because I'm making cookies with my kid, that might be okay. Like, let's just see how that feels. Or you'll realize that, okay, while I don't get all of the loads folded before I go to bed tonight, I'll get half of that done and I can get the rest of it folded by 9 a.m. tomorrow, first thing in the morning. And that's like almost no different. All of that in exchange to connect with my child and make cookies after school, right? So that example is just to say, try, try, try it out. 
see how it feels to, to just lean into um, doing what feels good, like taking a walk instead of this or, um, you know, taking a nap or sitting down for a half an hour at this time of day when you are feeling exhausted but constantly find yourself in this space of push, push, go, go, go. Or for five minutes or for 10 minutes or something, you know, challenge yourself to really take those moments and to try and experience life a little differently and just see how it feels. And if it feels good and things don't fall apart, expand from that and see how things go. And that is how we begin to change our relationship with time. So I'm going to leave you with that today and uh, give you all of my love and all of my encouragement to you. Uh, especially if you're someone who was like me in my relationship with time where um, I was resentful and frustrated and uh, I felt like it was like a feeling of betrayal of I'm in this space where I'm expected to do so much and you're not giving me what I need to get it done like that was this feeling I had all the time and I realized time is here and always showing up exactly the same way it never changes It's in full integrity. It's authentic. It's loyal. It's never going anywhere. So if this relationship isn't working, who needs to change? I have to stop pointing my fingers at time, telling time that it needs to change, telling time that it has to do something different and recognize that I need to be the one to change things. I need to show up differently. I need to do things differently. I need to think and feel differently. And I have full control over myself and So I changed and now I, like I said, not every day is perfect. Some days feel a little rushed. Some days you feel like you ran out of time, but overall I feel like I have such a good relationship with time and it helps me manage my energy. And then that just snowballs into all of the other things I teach, mostly in create your best life and through free trainings on same boat huddle. That was a really nice transition, wasn't it? I didn't even plan that. (laughs) Same boat huddle is my free group on Facebook. I'm in there once a week giving free trainings. Um, but then in there every day for you, if you need me, lots of amazing women in there. So supportive. Uh, I'm so grateful for a community of women who truly have stuck to, um, being positive and supportive of one another and, it really, really is amazing. I'm so appreciative of that community. So if that sounds like something you'd like to be a part of, I'd love to have you there. Uh, head on. The link is in the, the show notes. And just be sure you answer those questions before you come in. I cannot accept you into the group without knowing um, who you are and why you're here. Keep the integrity of the group and the safety because um, it is a closed group. And also the mom's retreat. We have a couple spots left. Nikki and I are running the retreat together. It is April 30th, I believe, through, I always forget the dates, but it's that Thursday through Sunday. Um, Thursday is the arrival day. So if you're someone who has to take off work, you can very likely get away with just taking off one day unless you want to do more than that. You can head on up late night after work if that makes sense for you, uh, if you're local enough to do that type of traveling. Um and uh, yeah, so we're so excited for the women who are coming and those of you who are coming and we don't know yet because I know you're there. So if you have any questions, uh, you can feel free to ask me. Head on over to themomsretreat.com. All of the information is there. Registration is there. Uh, and I challenge you that if this is something that you feel really pulled to and feel like it's a really great idea and you're the person saying now's not the right time. I, while I understand, like I've been in those spaces where I I can I see that it does not feel like the right time. In some cases, it really isn't. Um, but I really do challenge you to kind of 
look at that opportunity and ask yourself if you'd be okay to to not be there um even if you're saying maybe next time because we can't guarantee you next time even though we're planning on it it's never a guarantee so if it's something that you really are feeling drawn to and feel like it could be a pivotal point in your growth and uh, how you show up in your life and how you experience your life um i'd love for you to to look into that a little deeper uh, and would love to have you there if it feels good. So I think that's it. Feel free to get in touch with me, Erin at AaronJoyceCo.com. Uh, my website is AaronJoyceCo.com, and my handle on Instagram is at AaronJoyceCo.com. I'm always on Instagram, so the best places to find me, learn more about me, and really see the real me behind the scenes. And I think that's all. So have an amazing, amazing week. Sending you so much love. Treat others the way you want to be treated, and I will talk to you next time. Bye.